Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back, everybody, to the Level Up podcast. I have got, uh, of course, I'm Brendan Payne. I've got Greg Harrelson, my business partner, with me today. Greg, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Excited to have a great conversation. Yeah, I'm excited, too. We've got a returning guest this time, Dale Archdeacon, um, out of uh, PA with um, Smart Inside Sales, Dale. So welcome back to to the Level Up podcast. Thanks Thanks for having me, man. I, I really appreciate it. You guys are certainly industry trendsetters when it comes to podcasting, so I am duly honored to be here with you. Well, I know we've got uh, a, a great topic and um, want to just kind of kick it off so we can get as much content out to everybody as possible. Um, you know, you have got a course that you have um, put together recently and um, Conversion University. So before we get into that, which is going to be our topic today, just maybe for those that don't know you, there might be a few out there still, just kind of bring us up to speed on what have you been up to and in, in kind of your history in the in the industry to set things up for us? Yeah, sure. So started out selling real estate on my own um, and I, you know, had no sales background. I really had not sold anything uh, except I did do some telemarketing uh, part time in high school, uh, which I was selling credit card insurance. I mean, if you can come up with a more worthless <laughs> wow. product than credit card insurance, uh, I, I would be shocked. But anyway, so that was it. I didn't have any sales experience, got into selling real estate. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know anybody. I'm not a networker. I, ha- I don't have a sphere. I haven't been in a salesperson before, but all I knew was pick up the phone. And that's what I was being told to is pick up the phone, call expireds for sale by owners. And that's what I did. And you know, back in the day I was in Mike Ferry coaching and, you know, that got me through that made it happen. I, I did what they told me. I did it over and over and over again. And I made business happen and I got through. Uh, and then uh, another partner, another agent in my market who had a, a team of like five agents came to me and he said, Hey, you're the top prospector in our market. I just bought this new well SEO'd website back when you could do that. Uh, and he said, it's dumping leads out onto the floor and my agents are cherry picking them and they're lazy. Can you come work these leads? And I said, man, I'm honored, but I'm burned out. Let's teach other people how to do what I do. So we got mm-hmm. together, failed at and wasted a lot of money at building an inside sales department and then finally figured it out and grew that team to 30 agents and 650 transactions a year. And then at a certain point, I said, you know what, um, I think I, I want to I want to I want to take what I've learned and built and I want to spread it to other people because I know outside my, you know, I can't really share it with my competitors in my market, but I can open up my market, quote unquote, to the entire country and share that with other people. And so I created my coaching and training company about six years ago. And so what we do now is we focus specifically on lead conversion, scripting and dialogue and for team leaders out there, which goes hand in hand accountability, right? And, and running your sales team. So that's, that's our specialty. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, one of the things that I noticed, Brennan is, you know, I've been around the coaching conversations for years and, um, and, and Dale conversion is a conversation that I think most people kind of, you know, have heard the term conversion and they, they think about, well, I need to track my numbers and find out what my current conversion rate is. But the reality is there does, there's not a lot of coaching around conversion. There's a lot of talk 
And it's usually if you improve your skills, then your conversion rates will go up. But it's it's kind of limited to that. Uh, if it's FISBOs, there's a FISBO program. There's an expired program. So, um, you know, I'm just kind of, I want to do a, a deeper dive into the concepts within Conversion uh, University, mainly to, to, to give the audience a, an idea of, you know, what should they be thinking about in order to really move the needle on their ratio? So, um, you know, one of the things that I saw, and I, it, it's just the, the way that you labeled a chapter called Lead Assembly Line. Can you, can you tell me something about Lead Assembly Line? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, Greg, we discovered in working with teams, working with agents, people have these CRMs, they have these leads, and a lot of times it is some flavor or volume of mess that goes from almost dialed in all the way down to, I don't even remember my login and password to get into this thing, right? That's And so one of the courses, one of the things that we needed to teach in there is if you need to make a lot of touches in order to set a lot of appointments, in order to sell a lot of houses, you have to be really efficient with your time. And the only way to be really efficient, as, as you guys know, I mean, Greg, you've been a coach and trainer forever, right? One mm-hmm. of the key factors to being efficient is you have to have an efficient database. You have to have an efficient tool to use, and you have to have an efficient process for using that tool. And so the lead assembly line really in that module, we say is, listen, your leads are in your CRM here, and we're really CRM agnostic. It doesn't matter which one you're using or how you use it. And, you know, back to the Mike Ferry days of having cards in a in a box that you <laughs> yeah. move according to the dividers, right? I remember that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You can do it that way too. It all yeah. works, but you got to yeah. have a system, right? So what we say is your lead assembly line, and I'll just give you a little bit of it, is uh, day one, your new lead is day one. Track it by days, right? Day one. Your new lead comes in. You need to know where to find all those new leads and you need to know who the new leads are. You make your outreach to those new leads and then everything runs on days, right? Day two, uh, so it's new leads are day one. We call recent leads days two through whatever your days of pain are, right? Yep. Uh, so the if you're doing like a five days of pain, seven days of pain, 10 days of pain, for those of you who don't know what days of pain is, I think it was Ben Kinney that- It was, it. yeah, Ben Kinney yeah. a long time ago. Basically, it's like, I'm going to hammer you for a certain amount of time, and then I'm going to let you go into a pond or a pool or cold leads. So basically, it's you set up new leads day one, you set up your system for whatever your recent leads are. That's day two through, let's just pick day seven. And then after day seven, it goes into your cold leads. And we teach them that there are really only a certain number of categories for people to go into. A lead, once you make connection with them, or even if you don't, it's either I connected with them and they became a nurture. I connected with them and I set an appointment. I connected with them and they are trash. They, they should not, uh, they will never, can never do business with us or refer people who can do business with us. Or they are uncontacted, right? They'll go into cold. They, it's no response. So it, it makes it real clear for these people how to manage that database so that they can flow through it and have a really good process. Because as you pointed out, we're focused on conversion and conversion is... How many conversations does it take you to have an appointment? How many appointments does it take you to get a contract? And how many contracts do you need to get paid dollars, right? That's what conversion is about. And, you know, for team leaders, they're exceptionally focused on that because these leads and these lead sources and marketing just continues to get more expensive. And with downward pressure, you know, in, in uh, from outside our industry on 
what those dollars are and what commissions are in competition for those commissions, it just really means that conversion is the thing that we all need to focus on. Plus that, you know, on the softer side, everybody likes having good conversations with leads. They don't like having bad conversations with leads. I don't. Yeah. You know, um, I, you, you really, you said a lot there. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, that's resonating with me is, is, you know, on the, the so many days of pain, how many days did you say? Was it six days, seven days? Well, that, ben, that you focused. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I everyone can run a, Yeah. At least five. Everyone can, uh, it's kind of dependent on how you run your system. So the individual agent, but you know what I've found Dale, and I just want to see if you found this yourself is that the number of times that I get somebody on the phone, the first or two, the first or even the second attempt that I call is much less than the fourth and fifth time. Yeah. Yet, yet agents quit after the first or second attempt thinking one of two things. Number one, while I left them a message, they'll call me when they get free or they'll say, because they didn't. Only your mom calls you back when you leave a message. That's right. That's that's a good point. Good point. Yeah, because my kids don't. Uh, They don't even do that. I don't call her back. I've I've had to teach my wife to stop leaving me voicemails. I'm like, if you need me, you text me. That's it. Like, that's how things operate these days. Yeah. So, so very few of them are going to even just call us back after we leave a message. And then, so the agent says, well, they'll call me back whenever. And then the agent forgets about them. And then the, and and then the longer time goes by that they don't get a call back, then they, the agent starts making up in their mind. Well, that's a terrible lead. That lead was bad. That's dead. They're really a tire kicker. They're not interested. But what you're teaching, one of the things you're teaching is a systematic approach to going out there and and communicating, at least attempting to communicate multiple times, as well as talking about follow-up. So that's got to do tremendous for the conversion numbers. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, uh, the other other focus, um, the big thing that we're known for, and, you know, I, I mean, I cite other coaching and training companies, and my belief is not that there's one true way of doing anything, but that there are lots of ways to do things. And so what we teach is another tool set for scripting and dialogue. And, and it's not so much scripting. It's really like, Hey, I teach you a certain perspective of trying to understand the person that you're interacting with and trying to understand what they want and what they value and how they're making decisions so that you can help them get exactly what they want, possibly in a different way and possibly with you. And so really that's, a set of principles that we teach so that what happens when people work with us and they use our principles is they automatically feel like it's easier to get onto the same side of the table with that person instead of being across the table from them, mm-hmm. which is huge. So they, so instead of, um, you know, it, it, it goes from an I to a we type of scenario. Exactly. Yeah. So I teach people, I'm like, listen, you, every lead that's in your database, they, those people, you're good friends with them. They just don't know it yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And they'll figure it out if you can get in touch with them and you can get on the same side of the table with them, figure out what they want, how they want it and what they don't want. And then you figure out how to give it to them, hopefully in a mutually beneficial way. Yeah. You know, Brendan, one thing that uh, I just thought of that we'd share it with our agents in the office is. I'm 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 hearing him describe what we've kind of labeled as you get a new lead. And at that moment, technically, before you talk to the lead, it's they're a stranger. Like they're they're really a stranger. And then you you talk to the lead 
And at that moment, if you communicate properly and listen and ask good questions and, and, and whatnot, then you take that stranger and you transform them into um, an acquaintance. And then once you have an acquaintance through the follow-up and, and, and you sharing with them, building rapport, you should then transition them to become an advocate. So it really comes down to going, taking a stranger and making them an acquaintance and making acquaintances your advocates. And the advocates are the ones that do business with you and continue to send business to you moving forward. But I think we have to, let's not underestimate that it. this is a process to yeah. take to take them through. It doesn't just occur. Yeah. And a huge point. This, this goes to the principles that we teach. And this is something I'm constantly working on people with. Greg, you have people in your life that you know, like, and trust and feel really warm about, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they can say things, they can do things, uh, they can phrase things in certain ways that you're going to let fly, that you're not going to pay attention to, or it's going to float right past you. Whereas a stranger is very different to every one of us. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear things different. We're going to pay attention to their phrasing differently. We're going to regard them differently. And when salespeople, when agents and ISAs can get that concept into their head and put themselves into the shoes of this stranger who is regarding them as a uh, salesperson, which is what we all are. And I joke that salespeople, salespeople and cops are the only people you don't want to talk to until you have to. Mm-hmm. Right. So understand this is how that person is regarding you. And so if you pay real close attention to that and it forms how you phrase and the way that you talk about things and the way that you approach them, then it makes it way easier to stay in that conversation with them and they don't throw those walls up as fast. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, uh, it's important to understand like without a system, without that conversion cycle that you set up, then inevitably the only thing they have left to do is guess. So as they start kind of going through, like you said a minute ago, Greg, you start judging and assessing, well, based on this or based on that, I'm really going to hammer this guy because price point, an area I know, a hot area where things move, I'm really going to go after that one. Meanwhile, I ignore one because maybe they haven't answered anything. And we can't guess better than 50% over the long run. So over time, if you've got the system in place, you just, you run it through the system and then they go, at the end of that, they go into your cold leads and you let some things with automation work them. And then you can just comfortably move on to the next one without all the, the stress of wondering, like, am I calling the right one? Am I not calling the right one? Nope. They all get the same program. Just makes life so much easier. Definitely. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but in my experience and my belief, damn near every lead in my system is going to buy or sell real estate someday at some point. And it can either be with us or with somebody else. You know, I always say, Dale, there's a 100% of every human being actually lives on real estate. The difference is, are they the buyer? Are they, are they the owner or are they the renter? So like there's not a human being that doesn't, that I ever heard of and can fathom that doesn't live on or in real estate. Even a homeless person is living on or in real estate, right? So it, it impacts everybody, this thing, you know, you, you, you know, I know that you, you seem to know a good bit about personality types also, and without going, cause I know that we could go probably pretty deep on that, but, um, 
I, I, I think that that's a very valuable conversation or, um, or a conversation for agents to learn and uh, learn how to communicate. You know, um, I've had coaches talk about versatility. You've got to be versatile. And I think one of the things about versatility is you've got to understand that not everyone's like me. And then I've got to kind of take a deep breath, step back and understand what's the communication styles of the person that I'm talking to. And when I can kind of be versatile and adapt my conversation to the way they like to have conversations, then my conversion goes up. But anything you can just share with the audience about personality types. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's say this. Uh, I'm going to give everybody listening permission to not be able to communicate so well with a certain personality type. And that's just reality, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a driver. The ones that I struggle with are really high eyes, frankly. Like I, you know, I can, I can figure out the C's. I damn, I sure as hell know the D's and believe me, I usually win those because Mm -hmm. that's what I do. Right. Uh, And the S's I have an understanding, but the high eyes, like they just go, 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 go. And I'm like, I'm not really sure what we're talking about anymore. And I can't tell if you're going to buy or not. Right. (laughs) So it's okay to, you have permission to, to, yes, we work on our versatility and even me, I'm a trainer. I've been doing this forever. I have many, 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 many millions of hours on the phone myself, and I still struggle with a certain personality type. So that's okay. If the most important thing that you have to do first is know these types and get to know how we talked about how you regard people, you know, like, and trust versus how you regard strangers, just at least start to be able to recognize how the different personality types initially engage with strangers because Mm. usually it's very consistent among those three types. And if you can at least recognize that it's going to help you more quickly adjust the way that you approach. Right. So that's what I would say. Of course, you need to know your own personality type and you need to quickly identify which one you struggle with, which probably won't be too hard for you and which one you excel with. Uh, So work on the ones that you, you know, you have to pay attention to those uh, types that aren't you you do the best with your type, you're going to do okay with probably two other ones. And there's going to be one of the fourth that you're probably going to struggle with the most. So focus on the other two that, and that one, you know, that you really struggle with, try to do your best and, and go and observe people that are. So for instance, if I'm a D and I struggle with really high eyes, what I find helpful is listening to a really high eye, talk to another high eye, right? So that I can just mm-hmm. pretend I can try to pretend to do what they do at the best of my D's interpretation of what that is. Right. Um, so that, that's the advice that I would give. And for me, I think that that's the, if I can at least get an agent and an ISA to understand it to that level, they become very functional within that. Yeah. And, and can you give us an example? Cause like, uh, I just, it doesn't matter which, uh, personality type, but like, it, it, just give us an example of maybe that beginning conversation of a particular, um, of a, per, a particular personality type, just so, sure. so the audience could kind of like see what the, what those cues are. Yeah. So a D is going, you're going to hear, uh, what do you want? Why are you calling me? How can I help you? What's up? Right. That is a D personality. A C is going to be, you know, pretty, uh, not quite. What will happen is, uh, you enter a call with a C, Hey, this is so-and-so how you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing well. How can I help you today? Right. That is like baseline. Don't try to friend me. Uh, you know, let's get, let's talk about the facts and just the facts. 
hi, I, you're going to, you do that with them. They're going to be like, I'm doing fantastic. How's your family? Things are crazy, right? That's yeah. the high I. S's, very reserved, again, are going to sound somewhat like a C, only less robotic, right? They're going to be reserved and kind of uh, hesitant to talk to you and might want to try to shuffle, might want to, they'll use phrases like, oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all good. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call, right? They're going to try to end with you quickly in a very nice way without re revealing anything. So yeah. those are just some examples of what you hear when you, when you first get on the phone with somebody or in a conversation. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how many times I've witnessed an agent who would be maybe a, more of an influence, uh, high I, so they're fairly expressive. Um, and, and then they start a conversation with somebody that's a high D. <laughs> so it's like, Hey, cut to the chase. What do you want? What do and you then want? they're just like, ah! it's like, right. that doesn't go anywhere. So I think that's what you're saying is like, even no matter what personality type you are is, Honor their personality type more than honoring your own personality type. Yeah, because that. So, Greg, are you a D? Yeah, you, I'm. Yeah, yes. Okay, I, I'm a D with a lot of analytical. Okay, yeah, me too. I'm a DC. So, yeah. listen, I th if if the whole world operated as DCs, I would understand everything. Things would work perfectly. I would not be confused about how things go. Right. So, in my mind, that way of operation is the right way of operation. Right. And yeah. so. When I run into a different style, I in I psychologically have to decide: is your way of doing it right, or is my way of doing it right? And if you're not a an enlightened human being that understands everybody's way of doing it is right, then you're going to default to nope, my way is right. You're you're whatever you're doing is wrong, and I already don't like you. Plus, you're a salesperson, mm -hmm. and you're bugging me at dinner, right? So yeah, do it their way. This stuff too, at the beginning, if you can think of how many reps you can, if you have this concept down in your prospecting, just say your, your normal everyday prospecting, think of how many reps that you get to practice this on and identifying who's this person, who's that person, who's this person. And this gets more important in every step of the sales cycle. So now you're actually at the setting an appointment. Well, you've got to understand how to address somebody that's in a different, thinks differently, different personality in there. Now, when you get an offer, you're negotiating all the way through, the stakes just get so much higher. If you understand this, your, your success rate, to your point, to your conversion is just, it's huge. Yeah. We have a really simple technique that I make people do. And I know that when I first introduce this and I hammer people on it when we're role-playing and when we're listening to their calls, their recorded calls, I'm sure that some of them are like, this is dumb and it's not important. What I make them do, and, and it serves two functions. I make them repeat whatever the first word somebody is, uses when they answer the phone. If they say hello, you say hello. If they say hi, you say hi, right? If they enter with, what do you want? You, and you tell them what you want, right? That's how you get into a call. You match them. And it makes that agent or ISA do two things. It makes them actually listen to the lead. And it helps to, from the very beginning, I, I make it very simple. It's like, listen, if you have the choice to sound like someone versus not sounding like them, which one do you think you should do? Sound like them. Super simple. Great. And it puts that focus. It forces the agent and ISA to listen to what that person says. And I guarantee you, anybody listen to this, if you haven't already been through our training, you'll discover that you aren't actually listening to what that person says. Mm -hmm. And you just go into your automatic, oh, this is how I answer the phone. But you know what? The way you should answer the phone the way they answer the phone. It really starts from there. 
Yeah, that's simple too. That is very so. You just got to remember to make that a habit, right? But the, but like that's something every 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 listener can can execute on that as long as they just remind themselves if they if they make that a habit. Well, well. So, is you mentioned ISA and uh, just for clarity purposes, are you in Conversion University? Are you? Um, I know you're training ISAs. Do you do you train solo agents also on the same techniques? Um, and that, but anyone that wants to have a team, then you also can train the, the ISAs. Is, is that how this works? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, Conversion University was initially designed for new ISAs to a team. However, what I realized was that a lot of teams didn't have really solid onboarding training for their agents either. Uh, and even if they did have good onboarding training, they still didn't have the specific uh, conversational techniques that we teach to the ISAs. So it makes sense for agents and ISAs. And that's what we've been using in my training company for years now. Um, when, if someone, uh, if we're working with a company that has an ISA department or an ISA, obviously they use it for that. If we're working with a company that doesn't have ISAs and we're just training their agents, we've discovered that these conversational techniques work for any kind of sales situation, especially when you're trying to get your wife to like agree with you or your kids mm. to listen to you. It also works there, believe it or not. Yes. So, Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, good. What else, uh, 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 Brendan, what else uh, you have in your mind? I know we were wanting to dive into, because uh, I just wanted to dive into conversion. Um, I, I see I see so many real estate agents that their strategy for growth is just to buy more leads or generate more leads, whether they're self-generating or whether they're buying them. However, yeah. when I've witnessed with my own eyes that there's just as much, much growth in converting what you've already generated than there is in converting new things that you generate. Yeah. The difference is it costs a lot less money to convert what you've already invested in. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you can increase the percentage of leads that you have purchased from sitting and rotting in your database to actually buying a house and giving you dollars. If you can increase the number of those, right? The percentage of those, your, your profit just becomes, it, it's a uh, multiples uh, mm -hmm. that, it, that increases by doing that. Uh, so, and you know, it's, it, it relieves a lot of stress and makes people a lot more happy. One of the things that I discovered in hiring and training ISAs a long time ago, is that if I hired an ISA and I only gave them the lowest producing lead source to work on, it was a much higher burnout position. But I could get them to work the very low converting lead source like circle prospecting. I could get them to do that as long as I put some wins in there with some things that would convert. So all that told me was that that motivation, the mindset and motivation could be maintained at a high level as long as you're getting these wins. And so mm -hmm. when we teach you techniques to have better conversations, to create more appointments per conversation that you have and more wins per appointment that you go on, that motivation stays higher and your desire to win more goes up. So that's the, yeah. uh, the immeasurable impact of improving your, your conversion. And so we mentioned, I, I just said, 
how many conversations does it take you to go on an appointment? So one of the things that we work on when we're helping people, we take them wherever they start. And in my experience with an average lead mix, when I say average lead mix, maybe some Zillow or Realtor, some PPC, some Facebook registration stuff, maybe some sign calls or you know listing inquiries in other ways, that average lead mix. If you take that, somebody who's brand new, not much sales experience, can come in and set an appointment in every somewhere between 40 and 50 conversations. And then as you work on them, as you improve their skills, they can get that down to 30 conversations to an appointment and then to 20 and then below 20. And depending on the quality of the lead source that you're you know, implementing, even below that down to 10 or 15 conversations to an appointment. Uh, and so that one metric for an agent, I think that agents and ISAs should know that number about themselves. Like they know their social security and their date of birth mm. because that's one of the most important metrics that gets them paid. That's awesome. You've got a section in there, uh, Dale, that's, it, you've, it's scripts, but you've mentioned scripts and then you put along with it dialogues. And I'd like to, for somebody that's listening and going, you know, I've got these scripts. I, I've listened to these scripts and stuff. It's so much more than just the opening script. And, and is that what you're referring, when you say dialogues and stuff, can you maybe just give some, some differentiation there on, on why, you're, why, why they're two totally different things? Yeah, absolutely. So a script is a pre-formatted thing, right? And our entry to the initial conversation, like how you enter a call, uh, how you uh, match the word that they say, how you go in assumptively that you know that they are who they are rather than asking if it's them. And then in the, you typically what will script out is that first sentence or two where you announce why you're talking to them, what action they took, and what you want to know, right? Your question, that, that is usually very well scripted. But as we all know, things get real squirrely after that. Yep. And what I find is it's very difficult to script that stuff out. And even, uh, you know, when you do have a script for that, and those of us salespeople who practice a lot, we can be taken off a, a rigid script and we can come back. That's a huge hallmark of sales training and sales experience. But what I found is it's so hard to script out that middle that I found it more productive and better to understand. It's like giving the script, the pre-formatted script is giving a man a fish, okay? Teaching them how to think in the middle of a conversation and why somebody's doing what they're doing and remembering what you want to do is teaching them how to fish, mm -hmm. right? So once they can get that stuff down, we call that dialogue. That's, that's not script, that's dialogue, that's dancing. You can't learn how to dance from a book, you got to learn how to dance by understanding the principles of what you're trying to do and then doing it right and and flowing with it so that's what we what we say what we mean when we say dialogue so we're teaching them these set of principles and um have i ever showed you guys this poster i have this do you mind if i show you this cool poster over here you're not go ahead bring I it don't up. Know. give me a second yeah i like that that's solid that that that's a that's and that is now now, sooner, sooner or logical can, next step. Or logical next step. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you can see this poster here. What we did is we took several of the principles that we teach. Now, sooner or logical next step. We threw them onto this and it really kind of, it's this is not all of them, but it goes through, this mimics kind of a conversational flow that you would have with somebody. So I'm going to be focused on now, sooner or logical next step. It's the overarching principle, any conversation I have. 
with every conversation I have, you guys, everyone knows this as LP mama. We call it the five WH who, where, when, why, what, and how much. And these are the things that we need to know from every conversation. And then if we run into resistance, right? Somebody who's not going to do what we want them to do when we want them to do it. The first principle that we follow is that we're going to make them right. And no matter what, and I should put stupid thing comes out of their mouth underneath this, right? (laughs) No matter what stupid thing comes out of their mouth, they're right because they already think they are. And and a, and a, a nuance to this, so everybody knows if somebody says, yeah, I'm going to sell my house myself uh, and make more money doing it, they know that they can go, oh, okay, got it. You're going to sell your house yourself and then go on to asking questions. And they assume that that's all that we mean by not making them uh, wrong. But in fact, agents will do things like, oh, got it. So how exactly is selling your house on your own to a limited market going to make you more money? Did that make that lead right or wrong with yeah, my question? Wrong. Condescend. Wrong. wrong and condescending, right? So that's something that we have to teach these agents too is you can also make somebody wrong just in the, your tone and the way that you phrase a question. Mm-hmm. So overriding principle, do not make them wrong. Then you're going to follow the no, which is an important technique that we teach. It's similar to the now question, right? Greg says, Hey, I say, Greg, are you planning on buying the next few months or are you just window shopping? Greg says, oh yeah, we're going to be buying next summer. Now, to follow the no, I would need to follow the concept of buying next summer instead of now, right? Because if I said, Greg, jump in my car today, let's go buy a house. Greg's no is going to be no, because I'm not buying now, I'm buying next summer. So my line of questioning, my conversation needs to go, needs to follow that no and ask something like, hey, Greg, what's important about buying next summer versus what I hear agents do? Hey, are you buying in a few months or window shopping? I'm buying next summer. Hey, fantastic. What kind of house are you looking for? That just violated both of the, those principles. It violated the now principle and it violated the follow the no principle. And it's a really common one that happens. And then we teach them that all objections are made up of three parts, perspective, process, and outcome. And we go into detail about what those are and how you pull them apart so that really what you can understand, because I believe that every no, most no's, is a yes to something else. It's a yes to some other time, some other person, or under some other conditions, right? It's a yes to something. So we're going to figure out what it's a yes to, which is find out what they're buying, right? What are you buying? You're doing it. What, what is it that you're buying? You want it a certain time. You want it with a certain person or under certain cir- circumstances. What are those so that I can then sell them back to you? Hopefully sweeten the deal with a little more, you know, more, better, faster, cheaper, easier on top and get my appointment or get my contract or get my sale. So this is what we've done. We've thrown these principles onto a poster and by teaching these things, it's, this is not scripting. You can't make a script out of this, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's so, yeah, so clear. That, that's, 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 that's fantastic. So, um, so, you know, Dale, I want to just say thank you for, for opening up your, um, you know, the dialogue on conversion. I, I really believe it's, uh, it, it's needed in our industry. In other words, a deeper dive into the, the art of conversion. So I, 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 I applaud you. For, for doing that. And then of course I support you for anybody that's interested um, in uh, the conversion university, we're going to have a link, um, you know, in the, you know, in the podcast uh, that you could just go right to that link and, and learn more and see the exact, uh, you know, outline of, of, of the course. So, 
you know, please support Dale and, and, and more important, take charge of your own business by increasing and improving your conversion. Uh, any final words, uh, Brendan? No, this was great. I appreciate you uh, hopping on again and um, that uh, great information. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. I mean, if you yeah. can tell, I really love talking about this stuff. So yeah, you know, you for my five minutes of fame. You really opened up and 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 gave us a good look at conversion. So I appreciate that. It's one of the better explanations of conversion that I've had in a long time. Oh, thank you. That that, come, that means a lot coming from you, buddy. You've seen a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you.